all attention, ladies and gentlemen. We're now arriving in Detroit. Once again, this is Detroit Woodward Street Station. And thank you for riding Amtrak. All right. Here we go. Uh, welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up, where we're talking about architecture, design, everything in between. We are still in Detroit and have the great opportunity to sit down with one of the movers and shakers of the city. Uh, go ahead, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Hoyle, and I have been moving and shaking around Detroit for a long time. Nice. Very and, nice. Uh, in this wonderful world of architecture, engineering, and construction uh, for the past six and a half years. Nice. And did you go to school for architecture or interior design, or what did you go to school for? No, I went to school for uh, marketing and Japanese. Japanese? Yes. Japanese, wow. Yes. <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> so, so miles and miles away from where I am, okay. uh, career-wise. Very cool. And did you go to school in Michigan, or are you from Michigan? Tell us a little bit about, about yeah, a little so bit about that. I, I graduated from Eastern Michigan. Uh, I was born in Detroit at around three. Moved out of the city, um, further west to the suburbs. I grew up in Ypsilanti. Uh, high school, middle school, elementary school there, and then, like I said, Eastern for uh, college. And then after college, I took my show on the road, moved to New York. Nice. And. Uh, what was New York like? Oh, gosh. New York was awesome. So I spent a lot of time uh, prior to moving there going back and forth on weekends. And I, you couldn't tell me that I was not a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. I could not wait mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. Well, turns out uh, when I moved there, I lived in Harlem, which I loved. Um, but it just, it, the thing I miss most, honestly, were the crickets outside the sound of crickets outside in my bedroom mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, I just couldn't get with the grit of the city and, and just I think New York is a great city but it's different when you're visiting uh, than when you actually live there absolutely so um, yeah it, it didn't last longer than eight months for me yeah so I um, ended up in New Jersey mm -hmm. and, uh, shout out to Jersey I did a short stint in Jersey City so oh yeah oh I love Jersey City <laughs> yeah, well. yeah we um we were a little bit further, so not not southern Jersey, but maybe okay. like central Jersey. We ended up, you know, when you have kids and all that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, you got to have a yard and educate. Space. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so honestly, I, I thought that's where I would be, you know, forever. And um, my husband's company relocated us here about 11 years ago. So Great. he brought me back home. I think he did that on purpose. Right. He dropped me off at my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and help with the kids too right right but um so yeah so we've been back here for about 11 years now cool very cool um so how has the city changed i guess a big question how has the city changed since you first got here to uh where it is now yeah so 11 years ago um when we moved here i was working from home full-time and we live in the suburbs okay and so i didn't really get to see you know the the very beginnings of the transformation because I wasn't downtown unless we were going to dinner or whatever. But my husband was, interestingly enough, showing me around Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're from here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we started to see more businesses moving in. You started to see more people moving in. Um, and then you fast forward to pre-COVID, um, so much development, so many projects, you know, that had 
stopped and started and, and then now complete. Um, a lot more people, a lot more activity. Um, the demographics have changed mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to see a city like Detroit that's so creative and so um, charismatic bounce back the way that it has. It's awful where we are now with, with COVID and, and some yeah. things come to a screeching halt. Um, but it's been a, uh, it's been an interesting evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I know less. And I moved to Chicago in 2003, went to school, art school. Um, and so I always hop back and forth, lived in New York for a little bit, hop back and forth, hopping back and forth, but seeing the city change because I always at least stop in once a month. And then now that I'm here for extended periods of time, uh, it's really interesting to see really how much the city's changed. I mean, we're in this beautiful uh, co-working space right now that is uh, definitely uh, very nice and um, renovated. You said that you, you're you familiar with this building or you guys bid on this project a while ago? Yeah, we, we really wanted this building. Um, so this is um, this the developer's platform, and uh, we had a really good relationship with them while I was at Hamilton Anderson, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an architecture and landscape architecture firm here in Detroit. And um, we we bid on this. We were excited about it, bummed when we didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, This is actually my first time in the building since it's been uh, renovated, and it looks looks good. Yeah. We're going to have to walk around. I I know that we're only on the first floor here, but they have multiple floors, um, which is pretty interesting. Can you talk about how many firms in how many architectural firms are in the city of Detroit? Like, are there? I know there's the big boys like Gensler. I think has a little office here. Hamilton Anderson, obviously, yeah, key player. Rosetti does. Rosetti. A, there's Noor. There's Quinn Evans. Oh. Um, there's you have a, a good amount of smaller firms too that are in the city, um, and then you've got some of the big ones that um, they have an address in the city. But they gotcha. don't necessarily have a presence in the city. Okay. And that's a big thing because it's one thing to uh, come into a new market and, you know, you're qualified, you're capable, and you can do the work, your portfolio says so, and you've got the staff. But to come into a new market and not partner locally is like, you know, we, we, we've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that, you know, it should be closed off in competition. I mean, competition is good. But, right. Uh, you know, hanging a shingle does not make you a Detroit firm. And yeah. a lot of, there had been, you know, um, a lot of firms that, that did that and, and benefit from it. And, and um, so I don't know exactly how many firms there are in Detroit now. But when you, I think that number is very much different from, the authentic Detroit firms who never left, mm-hmm. who had been here and uh, weathered the storm, yeah, and, and didn't you know didn't leave or, or didn't come in when the bounty came. Right, right. And the uh, I mean, when did the casinos come into the town? Do you remember that? Oh, well, was that uh, early two thousand? It was early two thousands, maybe between two thousand two thousand three, and I remember. Um, there was talk about putting the casinos on the water, on the right. front, which yeah. would have been cool. Yeah. Um, clearly, that didn't happen. Right. Uh, so we ended <laughs> up with, what do we have? Um, MGM, mm-hmm. Motor City, and Greek Town. Greek Town, yeah. And the, the old MGM is still um, still standing. I don't know if they, I think they had plans to make it a headquarters for the state police. I don't know. If yeah, that, so they're in there. Oh, and they are in there. Yeah, and it's, I believe, Smith Group. Uh, did that design okay. and it looks great. 
Nice. It's actually, it's one of my favorite ones, mod- modern looking buildings here in the city. Um, so yeah, and so the new facility is just across the street from uh, from that temporary space. Interesting. I remember when that temporary casino went up. Yeah. And um, I remember going there and like, yeah, nope, not a casino, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even pre-COVID, I mean, it was there. There was a lot of happening in the casinos for sure, oh, and yeah. it was just the the smoke thing. I can't get over yeah. it. Like that's that is that's like, crazy. And there's so many events, so many black tie events that happen, particularly at MGM. And yeah. It's like, you go in there and you got your gown on and your hair smells like a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now in your current role, I know that we were talking about like immersing yourself and you're talking about how when different firms or people have addresses, but they're really addresses, but they're not really immersed in the community. Um, how, how do you think people could better immerse themselves within community? I know you said partnering with different, with local uh, talent, but are there any other ways? Yeah, I think, um, you know, architects and engineers and, and contractors who work in the city, I think, have a, a responsibility to educate their clients, especially the ones who are not from Detroit. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, oh, we're going to create a community. We're going to create a neighborhood. Well, you're not creating a neighborhood. Their neighborhood and community is already here. Mm-hmm. You're adding to it. You're plugging into it. And I think the the really good developers are the ones who literally immerse themselves in the community and understand, you know, what it is, what the needs are before they start drawing and, and thinking about what they're going to put there. Um, you know, I'm I'm not naive enough to believe that you can have a, a development happen where you've got the whole development team sitting around the table and the whole of the community as well. But it's really important that, especially in a, in a city like Detroit with so much history, with so many people who, um, while so many people left, there are still so many people who stayed and who've never left. Yeah. And so to come in and just kind of uh, benefit on the backs of that, without pouring into the city and contributing to the city other than paying your taxes. Um, I just think it, it comes off as uh, disingenuine and it kind of puts a black eye on a lot of the good that is happening because people are like, okay, that's great, but I love going to Henry the Hatter on, mm-hmm. you know, on mm-hmm. Broadway. That was like my thing on Saturdays mm-hmm. with my dad and now it's not there. And yep. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it just, it becomes more emotional and more, it pulls more at the heartstrings, I think, of the people who, who held, you know, who, who held their ground and who weathered the storm here. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not one of those people, so I can't, I, I won't pretend to speak on their behalf or for yeah. them, but just kind of from the outside looking in, it's like no one, Detroit is not new. Right. And so you coming in is not this, you know, novel idea, but you, you saw something that was really interesting, really exciting, um, something that you could build upon, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but just recognize that you are adding to Right. And not, you are not creating, creating. a new neighborhood. Yeah. You are not creating a new community. Yeah. That is not what you have done. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know currently, I know when we had the conversation about uh, breaking into other markets, like it, it is important to to go there and be there and be present. 
Um, what other cities? I know we mentioned Atlanta earlier. Um, what other cities are, are you targeting specifically? Uh, right now, we are. Um, so I work for Metro Consulting Associates, and we're we're headquartered in Plymouth, and we have a satellite office in Highland Park. So we're not even in the city of Detroit. Okay. Um, so. Honestly, Detroit is a city that we we definitely want to to work in and more. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta is one where we are um, actively pursuing projects and um, getting embedded into the community there. Um, Cincinnati, we've got an office in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. so um, my counterpart is actually charged with you know building that office and and, and our book of business down there. So right now, um, we're kind of going where our relationships are so we have have strong relationships in atlanta so it just made sense Mm -hmm. to kind of you know rekindle that and and see where um, mca as an as a civil engineer would be able to fit in there um so you know the good and not to cut you off sorry can you explain for everybody what a civil engineer is or what part what role they have on a construction project sure so civil engineer is really sort of the i like to say the first to the scene Mm -hmm. Uh, so we deal with the ground. We make sure that whatever you're going to build on is actually, you can actually build on it. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly for M, uh, MCA, we, we do surveying. So that means we let you know, you know, the boundaries in which you can build legally. Mm-hmm. Um, we do uh, GIS, which is the uh, geo information, information. Soil. Thing. Yeah. yeah that. um renewable so we do a lot like we we do wind farms yeah solar farms yeah um and then just traditional civil work you know where it's making designing the the street the layouts and and site layouts and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting it's a, a a very uh i'm my back well my background my most recent professional background is on the architectural side, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, but civil, being on the civil side gives me an opportunity to be a little bit more closer to the, um, the pre-planning or the planning phases of development as opposed to where well, we've, already, we've already got our site selected. We already know where we're going to do it. Now we just need somebody to design, design it. Design right. Yeah. Interesting. And... Can you talk about a little bit about what the MCA is doing in Highland Park and the developments you guys got going on down there? Yes. Or over there? Yes, yes, yes. So Highland Park is, um, I absolutely love what we're doing there. So we are, um, we lead their water department. Nice. And by that, I mean we handle the billing, customer billing. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. we our satellite office is actually in the water department's office. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it yeah. it is. And then but we're the so we're the city's engineer of record. Um so we are uh, just this morning there was a water main break right on Woodward across the street from where our office is and um while we weren't the ones digging the hole and down there replacing the the, the pipe and everything, we're as a city engineer, we coordinate all of that and make sure that we've got the right people on the job to you know, um, cut the pipe, replace the pipe, make mm-hmm. sure the water is flowing the way it's supposed to. 
Um, so we've also worked on a lot of infrastructure upgrades in the city. Um, and I think, you know, when we started there, we were hired to do stormwater analysis. And it just kind of ballooned into this partnership uh, with the city that I think is, especially for a city like Highland Park, with its challenges and even, you know, fiscal challenges, we've been able to identify grant money for them um, and secure grant money for them so that they can actually get the infrastructure upgrades that they need so that, you know, the residents can have clean drinking water, mm-hmm. flowing mm-hmm. water, running water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been very interesting in, in that part of my job now is to, okay, go get another Highland Park. Right, <laughs> and, right. And to grow, grow our municipal services. And it's, it's a very much uh, people aspect of, which I never would have thought that you'd have that Mm-hmm. you know, in engineering mm-hmm. and where you could be so personal, you know, we were also at a home today that was having a lead line replaced and it was, you know, the, the owner came out on the porch and was watching and making sure that we were digging where we were supposed to be digging. <laughs> and um, It's just, it's really awesome to be able to take, you know, something so technical and, and so out of reach for a lot of people and bring it back down to the human scale and, and have yeah. that interaction. So yeah. um, I'm absolutely in love with what we're doing in Highland Park. So what? So how, what's the firm, I guess, what would be the conversation about what's going on in Flint still? Because I know that when I was talking to Zeke yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about how, they, you know, there's still an issue. The water's still like an issue going out there. Um, and, of course, this is a large question, but do you ever think like that is going to be fixed at all or I know that's a huge question (laughs) I hope so (laughs) hope so right um wow that community they deserve it yeah they deserve it yeah um they just announced uh, I think a 600 million dollar settlement yeah that's what they said yeah but when you really break that down right it's not much yeah and the long-term effects impacts health-wise yeah um, so there's no dollar amount uh-uh. that you can put on someone's health and, and their quality of life. Yeah. Um, and it didn't have to be. Right, right, right. Yep. Didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that I really hope that there are people who care enough mm-hmm. to do whatever it is. Because even if you needed to take that $600 million and rip up all of the underground infrastructure and replace it so that you can't do anything about the past that already happened. Mm -hmm. But going forward, we know this isn't going to happen because all of the lead lines have been replaced. All of the pipes have been like, do that. Yeah. 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 You know, do that. Yeah. And make sure someone's held accountable for it too, (laughs) which is super important. Um, So pre, so Pre-COVID, COVID, how has that changed the, the way business is conducted now? I mean, I know that obviously we're sitting kind of right. far apart and we, we first met on a Zoom call, yeah. but um, how has that changed your day-to-day? Because I think you were still in the field today, as you said. Yeah, yeah. So um, from a business development perspective, you now you have to come from behind your email mm-hmm. if you really want to. You know, if you really want to have meaningful conversations, um, because a lot of people, some people are meeting, some people are just like, listen, I'm out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Um, a lot of people are not. So where you could, hey, shoot, I could shoot you an email, Felix, and say, let's get lunch on Tuesday. And then we don't engage or interact until then. Now you send an email. So people are getting so many emails. They're getting inundated. They probably won't see it. Or when they do, I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. Now you got to pick up the phone and have conversation. People yeah. don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. I think the Zoom, I'm Zoomed out. Yeah, man. me too. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want another Zoom, nothing. <laughs> I would rather, and in fact, most of the meetings that we have are either, well, now they're Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. I just leave my camera off. I'm like, I'm, I'm just tired of looking at myself and all of your faces in these squares. Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm finding, though, is that if you have solid relationships they're still intact and they're still, the business is still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just maybe a little bit slower, but I find getting on the phone and, and just having conversation with people, I'm doing that more now than I had pre COVID. Cause again, it was just, I'll shoot you an email and then I'll talk to you in person, but I'm not going to, you know, that was it. Yeah. And, and being in business development as well i mean the projects take so long and the relationships take so long to nurture and it's hard to start those and nurture them if you don't have them i mean if i was a sales rep right now and cold calling like that would be a very tough tough gig but the relationships are definitely super important yeah it is and i actually just i just had a a call today with someone that i hadn't that i didn't know but Mm -hmm. i use linkedin for me is like a gold mine, yeah, okay. and I'm really nosy. So <laughs> the first thing I do is let me see if you're on LinkedIn. Um, but using LinkedIn as a tool to see, okay, who do I know that knows him, yeah, or her, yeah, and and if you have a friend who knows somebody that you're trying to get to, then you get that friend to make that introduction for you. And so mm. cold calling, you know, while if you had just a a blind list, then yeah, that could be a little bit daunting and, and maybe not effective, but so do you accept everybody who friend requests you? Not. Okay, uh, just to be clear. It's just <laughs> yeah, wanted to clarify. Absolutely not. No, I don't you're either. Not getting in. But I'm just. No. I'm just curious. So how do you, how would you know who? Because sometimes it's hard for me to know who's really connected to someone because if just because they're not on LinkedIn mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not connected. But I because I know personally I don't uh, accept. It, and it's not, it's no fault of anybody or no, no reason. It's just sometimes they're just coming through and I'm just not, not accepting. But, uh, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you that. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm try I try to be very intentional about the network that I build on LinkedIn yeah. because I do want you to be able to look at my LinkedIn and say, Oh, Kim knows so-and-so because, and I want to be able to make that connection for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. If I'm just wildly, you know, accepting invitations and you get the false sense that I know this person and you really need to know this person. And I'm like, I can't really help you because I don't really know. Them. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so no, I, I and I get a lot of. Um, not like I'm, you know, fielding requests all day, but I get a lot <laughs> of requests. And I, you know, before I accept or decline, I look at them and say, like, is it? Will I benefit professionally mm-hmm. at right now or, or in my trajectory of where I'm going? Will I benefit? And if the answer is no, then there's really no need to connect. Mm-hmm. 
Is yeah. that mean? Is that bad? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, think I don't care. So. But I don't think yeah, so. I, I don't I, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but business development now. I mean, like I said, it takes a while to nurture. Um, people are calling a lot more for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it, it's just the screen fatigue. I think is so har- harsh right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why for me, getting out and doing things like this, um, and you can only do it for so much though. And, and COVID has definitely affected a lot of things where obviously you can't meet uh, too many people or go out and grab a drink or whatever it may be. So it's definitely a, an interesting time yeah. um, to be working business development. So um, I just, sorry, I, I want to follow back up on that Japanese thing that you learned about in college <laughs> <laughs> before, uh, before we take off on here. Yeah, Japanese. So I, um, my plan mm-hmm. was to uh, become a marketing executive for Ford and split my time between the U.S. and Japan working on Ford Mazda. Uh, how how does one have that ambition? Well. Because you would have to have that ambition when you were young in college, right? Yeah, so yeah, that was my, when I, so I, actually my first year in college, I was at DePaul in Chicago. Oh, okay, cool. And um, I ended up transferring back home, and I knew marketing was something that I was interested in. Um, If I had it to do over again, I probably would have majored in finance or economics, Uh, but still with a foreign language and probably still with Japanese. But I was just always interested in the Japanese culture. Um, Eastern had a program, Language and World Business, so you had to pick a business uh, discipline and a language. And Japanese was something that was, I studied French and Spanish in high school, and that was really easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Japanese was something that I looked at. There was no direct translation to English. So I'm like, this is like going to be learning how to speak again. (laughs) But what could I do with that? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, being here in Michigan and with the auto industry, so it was to me, it was just kind of a natural, a natural fit. And then I ended up, um, while in college, I ended up working for a, a translation company. So we were um, an engineering firm, mechanical engineering, and we translated all of the documents from Japanese into English for Ford Mazda. And um, I loved it. And I yeah. was like, this is, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm Interesting. And um, yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty big ambitious uh, uh, co- career path to try to become an executive at Ford that crosses uh, internationally. Yeah. So that's an interesting. Uh, I wonder what would have happened. Right. <clears throat> but I think my love for. Because also in college, I, um, a friend of mine and I had a clothing store here downtown. And so my love for retail and fashion and entertainment and all of that, I think, kind of just took over. Yeah. And that's how I ended up in New York. But um, yeah. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah, there you go. Provide a little more color on that. I like that. Yeah. Any, any other boutiques downtown right now that are nice that you like? When Detroit is a new black is having a great moment right now. Yeah, Detroit is the new black. Um, what is that? 
I, I like Bird Bee. It's in Capital Park. Okay. It's a cute little uh, women's boutique. Um, I don't really, honestly, I don't really shop that much. Yeah. And, and, and most of what I do now is online. Yeah. Um, I, I get very territorial about things, so I don't want <laughs> to be walking into a place and somebody has the same thing on, so yeah. I kind of... Oh, yeah. Isn't that the worst? Yes. This is the worst. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes um, So just I want to get your thoughts on marketing really quick. I know that uh, that's a big part of what we do. How, how do brands capture your attention, or how are you... Um, you yourself, are you uh, coordinating the marketing of your company? Like, what do you think? Because everything is Zoom fatigue as we're talking about. Like, what are your strategies that you would like to try to implement moving forward? Yeah, so I think it's being, um, this sounds so canned, but I really think there's something to being authentic Mm -hmm. and and really knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And that starts within and within an organization. So one of the things that we're doing right now internally uh, is making sure that if I ask the question, what type of firm is MCA? Mm-hmm. I should be able to ask that question to every single employee in the company from our CEO down to a field technician. And the answer should be the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times uh, brands and companies don't spend a lot of that internal time because we're so busy trying to make sure that the outward, um, the focus outward is, you know, everybody has to see us in a certain way, but that's fine. But if you're not, if you go in your house and it's a mess, it doesn't matter that your lawn is pristine and manicured because that's not real, you know? Yeah. So um, we are fortunate. We have a really amazing marketing manager. And I think that that is also important because a lot of times, especially in professional services, we like to lump business development and marketing. And that can be the same person. And that, and no, you really... I think, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's just not. It's not. You know, <laughs> and I think it does firms a disservice when they don't put the time and investment in hiring a professional, well-read marketing person mm-hmm. who can who knows how to write a marketing brief. Mm-hmm. If you ask any business development professional to write a marketing brief, they're like, what? what? <laughs> and those things are important because you're able yeah. to flush out, you know, yeah. the, the messaging and, and that messaging hierarchy and all of those other technical things that um, people take for granted. Mm-hmm. And you can look at firms who know exactly who they are and it, they exude that and they you show it and you see it, they live it, they breathe it. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at firms that are like, you're not really what you said. Right. And um, I learned that during my uh, time at Virgin Mobile. And uh, we were, like, if you came into our office, it was so cool. Yeah. We looked amazing. Yeah. We looked like this really cool, hip New York brand, although we were in Warren, New Jersey. Mm. (laughs) Um, And we really wanted to um, capture the younger demographic although most of our subscribers were 35 and up. So it was like what we were, our subscribers and and our buyers and users were parents maybe buying for their 
kids, uh, but we didn't capture that data. We captured, you know, at the point of sale, who was actually buying the demographic was not this young, hip kid. Yeah. Although our marketing, advertising, it was super cool and creative, but it was racy. And it was like, as a mother, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Right, and right, so right. it was just sort of like this schizophrenic um, environment. So for, for, to go back and answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> um, with MCA, so we're 10 years old and we are going through a rebrand and just kind of, you know, what do we want to be when we grow up? Um, my boss, who's the president of the company, is smart enough to know you need to have a very strong marketing person. And we have that. We have mm -hmm. a really strong marketing manager, again, who gets it and who works collaboratively with the business development team. So I can say, you know, I need to go out and get another municipality like Highland Park, and I need to be able to highlight um, these aspects of what we're doing in our municipal services. Here's everything you need to know. Take it and, and make it, you know, make it sellable. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a good relationship because she can do that. Yeah. She, you know, so um, I think that, so the, the, for me, the secret is stop trying to do things that you are not capable of mm -hmm. and, and, and embrace that, mm -hmm. right? And, and bring on a resource, whether you hire them or you contract them. Yeah, collaborate that with them. can help yeah. you really tell that story in a way because even when, in, you, when you're so close to it, mm -hmm. like the municipal stuff, I'm close to it. I breathe it all day. Andrea does not. She's got a million other things, but I can put that in front of her and it becomes fresh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through collaboration, we come up with something that makes sense and that's sellable. Yeah. And so that, you know, I just think making the separation and in in that demarcation line between business development and marketing is really important. Yeah, very important. And that's why I'm grateful that uh, Kristen, our mutual contact, uh, she's on the team and, you know, she background in journalism mm -hmm. and can handle the written word. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. You know, because there is a delineation. And I often in my career got pigeonholed into that, like all in one mm -hmm. person, business development, marketing, where really it needs its own focal point. And they yeah. need to be, even graphics, like even having a graphics person, like don't have a designer, interior designer do graphics, like get a graphic designer to do the graphics. Sure, it may be interior graphics, but get a designer to do the uh, the graphics. Um, well, cool. The, um, thank you again for stopping in. Uh, any last word or where, where can people find you? Obviously, uh, you're not going to accept their LinkedIn <laughs> requests, but... <laughs> <laughs> well i am on linkedin you can try kimberly hoyle nice <laughs> um I'll, you know instagram facebook and um you know i'm here around in detroit cool and um i'm at mca metro consulting associates and uh let me know if you need civil there survey and all that good stuff perfect you can get it done perfect well thank you thank you Alrighty.